ready to go. Should be a good event next week. Also, I think people have already noticed, but the giving tree is up in the heritage room. The tags have gifts, suggestions that support the Elizabeth New Life Pregnancy Center in Sydney. And gifts may be returned to the tree or brought to the office by December 29th. And just as another note, the Advent devotional book and our new daily bread booklets are available at all the entrances. And if you need larger print, contact the church office. So with that said, let's take a a moment to uh, greet our neighbor and we'll get started. Good morning. I'd like to welcome those of you to the first church this morning, and I'd like to welcome those that are uh, listening on the radio and watching on Facebook Live. Next up is our lighting of our Advent candles, and I'd like to welcome up John and Hannah Holtzapple family to do that process for the first Sunday. Today is the beginning of Advent, the time we prepare to celebrate Christ's birth. We are here because God's promises to our ancestors came true when Jesus was born. God continues to keep his promise through the presence of his Holy Spirit. God will keep the promise to come again in glory. The first scripture comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 and verse 6 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land and deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, 
and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. We light this candle to proclaim the coming of the light of God into this world. With the coming of this light, there is hope. Because of Christ, we not only have hope for, his li- for this life, but also for life eternal. And the second scripture comes from Psalm 33, verses 17 through 22. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Let us pray. O God, we thank you that Jesus brought hope into our world. You still bring hope to people through the promises of your word. Help us to be ready to welcome Jesus Christ so that we may think good thoughts and do good deeds, so that we may be a people of hope in our world. Amen. Thank you. Now let us rise and sing promises. Your faithful and true, though the storm. 
and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to
Let's sit down. Let's sit down. We just got done talking about his first coming. The people waited in darkness for so long for God's promise to come true. And Jesus did come to live among us. God Emmanuel. Now we wait for his second coming. Sometimes I fall to my knees and pray. Oh, come, Jesus, come. Let today be the day. Sometimes I feel like I'm gonna. I'm holding on unto a hope that won't fail. Oh, come, Jesus, come. 
and praise to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We humbly come before you this morning, Father. We enter your presence with our prayers, with our prayers of thanksgiving, 
with their prayers of concerns for other people. We lift them all up to you, Father. Father, will you give us an opportunity to pray for people that are struggling in their lives, whether it be relationship issues, health issues, or whatever they have. So, Father, we pray for all the people in our congregation. We pray for all the people in the surrounding communities, Father, that are struggling at this time. We pray that your Holy Spirit comes upon them, Father, and gives them comfort and peace. Father, we just thank you for today that we can come here to worship you together. It means so much that we come as one body to worship you. And Father, we thank you for everybody that has something to do with this service today. From Sharon and the praise team, to Beth and the choir, to the scripture readers, to the children's chat. And certainly, Father, we pray for Pastor Joel's message this morning. We pray that the Holy Spirit will allow people to receive that the way you want it to be received. We pray that he remains true to your word, Father. That he never sways from your true word. And Father, today, we, as we come together this morning, we let the Advent candle of hope. The hope that your children, thousands of years ago, held out that a Messiah would come and lead them. And much like today, Father, thousands of years later, nothing has changed. We still hold out hope that our Messiah comes and delivers us. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have today to come and share in your Lord's Supper. We pray that we take this opportunity before it, before we start the process of reflecting on our lives. We pray that the Holy Spirit will remind us of certain things that we have not left behind, that we are still hanging on to. And it just means so much that we can come to you with a clear heart and we find those things that, that we have trouble ridding ourselves of. We come to you and ask for your forgiveness and that we repent. And Father, I pray that everyone can meditate on what happened thousands of years ago when your son made the ultimate sacrifice for us, Father. His blood was shed to cover all of our sins, Father. All those who accept him as their Lord and Savior, our sins are covered. Past, present, and future. What a glorious day, Father. We just can't thank you enough for that blessing. So, Father, as, as we move on from here today, I pray that you be with us in everything that we do, Father. I pray that you... Show us and reveal things to us of what we need to rid ourselves of, to be drawn closer to you, to have that close personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. We're just so thankful, Father, that we can come to you with these prayers in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, 
as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, will the children come forward for the children's chat? Good morning. How are you guys today? Good. Good, good. All right, we got a couple more coming in. Sit right here, Emmy. Good job. Oh, here comes a couple more. EJ. EJ. Hey, sit right here by Emmy. Perfect. Excellent. All right. So, I want to take a look at this right here. Okay? Does anybody know what do we call this? Yep, all of this. What is all of this? Does anybody know? They're Advent candles. And what shape is this kind of in? A circle. It's kind of in a circle and we have greens on it. Do you know why the wreath part is green? Because it's December. And do all of the trees have leaves on anymore? No. Only the, only the um, spruce trees, the Christmas tree looking like trees, have leaves on. Because they ha- that represents everlasting life. Because in Jesus, we have everlasting life. Can we count the outside candles? Will you count with me? One, two... Three, four, four candles around the outside. That's because we're four Sundays away from Christmas and Jesus' birthday. And that's Jesus is represented in this middle one. Now, what color are the outside candles? Three purple and one pink. And we like them purple, purple, pink, purple. Because the pink one means that we are over halfway through Advent and waiting on Jesus' birthday. Okay? So, each one of these candles means something different. And today's candle was the candle of hope. Okay? So, you'll be listening the next couple weeks to find out what the other candles stand for. Okay? Now, one way that people today tend to keep track of Advent is through an Advent calendar, okay? And I have one of these for each one of you today, okay? We open it up, and do you see? Are there here? So what we're going to do is we're going to open up the number one, even though that was Friday. We have to catch up, okay? So we open up the number one. What's behind the number one? A star. Now we got to find the number two. There we go. Behind this one is a scripture verse. Okay? Today happens to be the 3rd of December. And look, there's another scripture verse. So every day, 
either in the morning or maybe at night when you say your prayers, you can open up one of the doors on your Advent calendar and read what it says, and that will help you learn all about Jesus' birthday and coming of Jesus' birth. Okay, so Advent, that's the season we're in right now, and Advent is waiting. How many of you like to wait? Some of you put your hands up and then put them down pretty quick. I don't think any of us really enjoy waiting. Okay? But sometimes we have to. And that's what Advent is about. Advent is about waiting for Jesus' birth and getting ourselves ready to remember that Jesus was born for each one of us and that he loves us very much, so much that he died on the cross for us. Okay, so what what church season are we in? What are we starting right now? Advent. Okay, and so when I'm finished praying, you're going to go over to Miss Tori over here and maybe Mr. Jake, and they have one of these for each one of you guys. Okay, so let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for these children and their eagerness to learn about you. Please be with us as we wait, as we wait for Jesus' birthday so that we can celebrate his life and his birth. Keep us healthy and safe. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Go that way and find Tori and Jake. Amen. Don't forget to grab that Advent calendar as you guys head back to your seats. Thanks, Miss Maria, for that. Awesome children's chat to prepare us all for the season of Advent. Uh, as the choir comes forward, I want to just take a moment and say thank you to everybody who helped decorate the church after, uh, decorate the sanctuary after our church service last week. Um, just looks beautiful and I always love walking in here during the Advent season, seeing the lights, seeing the lanterns, seeing the Christmas trees. Um, it's just a good reminder as we go through this Advent season, one of the things we'll be reminded of is that Jesus is the light of the world. And all the Christmas lights, the candles, they're all meant to remind us that the light of the world has come. And so thank you to everybody who helped decorate the church, and we definitely appreciate uh, your help there. Uh, Today's offering is going to support the general operating fund here at First Church, so I encourage you to give as you feel led to give today. And let me take a moment, let's pray for the offering. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to give back to you. We thank you for the many ways that you've blessed us. Because we know that every good and perfect gift comes from you. So we pray that you bless this offering now as, as we collect it. May you use it to further the work of your kingdom here in this church and in this community. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Invite the deacons to come forward at this time.
standing for our uh, reading this morning. It comes from 2 Peter chapter 8, verses 8 through 13. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. The day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Amen. Thanks, Maria. You may be seated. Let's pray to the Lord together again. Father God, as we open your word together this morning, and as we reflect on the meaning of Advent and on hope in particular, I pray, Lord God, that you would open our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us, and pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So as Maria so helpfully pointed out to us in children's chat today, and we heard read at the start of the service by the Holtzapel family, today we're going to be thinking about hope. And Advent really is a season of hope. Because when we, historically, as the church has celebrated Advent, we have thought about it in kind of two dimensions. Right? There is the understanding that God's people for a long time were looking forward to the Messiah. In the, with hope and anticipation. For hundreds of years and for centuries, right? For thousands of years, God's people longed for Him to set things right. From the very first pages of Scripture in Genesis chapter 3, we have this promise that one day the offspring of Eve will come forth and she will, He will destroy the enemy. In Genesis 3, it says the enemy will strike at His heel, but He will crush his head. So from the very beginning, there was hope that God was going to send someone to rule and reign, someone to set things right and destroy the powers of evil once and for all. And so at Advent, we remember and reflect on Jesus's arrival. That's what Advent means, arrival or coming. And so we reflect on Jesus's arrival and the incarnation 2000 years ago. Jesus, the very Son of God, there from the beginning, from before creation, took on flesh to become like us. And in doing so, he, he lived a perfectly obedient life. He never strayed once from the will of the Father. And in our place, he willingly laid down his life for us. That is what God's people longed for. And that's what we see that's what we remember and reflect on during this season of the year. But we also have something else to look forward to as well. You see, we live between two Advents. We live between the time of Jesus' first Advent as he came and lived and died and lived again. And he ascended to go to the right hand of the Father. 
And we also look forward to Jesus' second advent, the day when he will return again and complete his mission, complete the restoration of all things, when he will finally destroy evil and sin once and for all, and he will establish his kingdom forever. See, think of the two advents like these two trees behind me, right? We have, we have Jesus' first coming on one side, right? And we look back to all that he's done for us and all that means for us as God's people. But we also look forward to a second advent when he will come again. And so we must learn to live in between those two advents. We must learn to live as God's faithful people as we look back at what he's done for us, but also look forward to what he still promises to do. See, we often think of salvation just kind of in a one-dimensional kind of way. We think about salvation as something that has happened to us in the past. It's something that God accomplished for us through Christ on the cross. And that is certainly one aspect of salvation and a very, very important one. But salvation is more than just what happened to us in the past. It has a past, a present, and a future dimension to it. And so at Advent, we look back to the past as through Christ, we have been saved from the very penalty of sin. When Jesus died on the cross, He died in your place and in my place, and He took our sin upon Himself. And so we look back at how God saved us in the past from our sin through the sacrifice of Christ. And then we also look forward to the day of our future salvation, when Christ will return and he will finally remove the very presence of sin from his creation. When Jesus returns, think about that for just a moment. When Jesus comes back and he establishes his kingdom, the very presence of sin will be gone. Sin and the effects of sin will be no more. And we will dwell with God and with his people for eternity. And so if salvation, we have been saved from the penalty of sin in the past and we are looking forward to being saved from the very presence of sin in the future, that means that we are now living in the presence and we, present and we are being saved from the power of sin over our lives. That in Christ and through the work of His Holy Spirit in us, we are no longer slaves to sin, but we have been set free and are no longer under its power. And so you see salvation working itself out in the past, the present, and the future. And so as we reflect on the past during Advent, and as we look forward to the future of Christ's return, we must ask ourselves, how then should we live now in the present? Second Peter chapter 3 helps us to understand how we are called to live. As we look forward and, and wait for the return of Christ, we are to live holy and righteous lives here and now. You see, whenever Scripture talks about the future, whenever Scripture talks about the return of Christ or what will happen in the last days, it's always meant to encourage godly and holy living today. We get real caught up sometimes in the details, don't we? We get real focused on, well, what is it going to be like when Christ returns? What's it going to be like when Jesus returns to establish His kingdom? And those are interesting things to think about, and Scripture does point us to some truths along those lines. But the overwhelming uh, prerogative of those passages is to encourage us to live holy and godly lives now in the present. And so we must think about that. As, as we celebrate Advent this year, we must ask ourselves, how do we live faithfully for Christ today? And I encourage you to think about this 
in three ways. First, we need to trust the promises and the patience of God. Second, we need to live like those promises and the patience of God is real and true. And third, we must wait on God to fulfill his promises. So first, let's talk about what it means to trust the promises and patience of God. Peter here tells his, uh, tells the, the recipients of his letter in verse eight, he says, do not forget this one thing, dear friends, when the, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, we first have to ask ourselves, what promise is Peter talking about here? He says, God is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. And we, we can look at the context of Second Peter chapter 3. Peter here is talking about the day of the Lord. The day when Christ will return and establish his kingdom. He's looking forward to when Christ will return and, and reestablish those things. The day of the Lord is a common theme throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, the prophets often talked about the day of the Lord as a time when, Jesus, when, when God would set things right. It was closely associated with this Messiah, this Christ who would come and accomplish that for us. And so when Jesus came in the first advent, right, he set us free from the power of sin. He took that penalty of sin from us. And in doing so, he, he inaugurated God's kingdom. But yet, as I've already said, we live in between those times. We look forward to a day when Christ will return and accomplish that completely. You see, as we're living between the two advents, we live in a world that is still very much affected by the presence of sin in our own lives as individuals, in our communities, and around this world. And in creation, we see the impact that sin has on people's lives and on the very creation itself. But Peter is encouraging us to look fleetly. He was going to look forward to a day when God is going to establish his kingdom in justice and righteousness, when he will defeat evil and wickedness and sin once and for all. Now that's a day for Christians to look forward to with hope and anticipation and joy and longing, right? Because we know that God is good and faithful and just and loving. You see, it is when it talks about the, the elements being destroyed and the earth being purified by fire, the, the imagery there is like, is like metal, precious metals being purified in a furnace. See, God is going to purify His creation. He's going to remove sin and evil and wickedness and all the things that corrupt it. And what's left is going to be, is going to be a new creation, a new heavens, a new earth, just as God intended it to be. That is what we have to look forward to. You see, that is what God's love and His justice demands. For evil to be dealt with, for, for wickedness to be destroyed. That is what God's Love and justice demands, and he will accomplish that when he returns. So God promises that he will establish his kingdom. He will reign with righteousness and justice. And that is something we all have to look forward to. It's a hard thing to understand in our world today because we look out there and we see a whole lot of unrighteousness. We see a whole lot of injustice 
ruling in our world. And that's why we hold on to this promise with hope, believing that God is faithful and that He will fulfill His promise. And that goes for all of God's promises too. You know, I think it's so important as we, the, the way that we are a- equipped to live faithfully in this world is by, is by trusting that God's promises are true, even when it's hard for us to believe it, right? When we see the disconnect in our world today between how we know the world ought to be and how it actually is, how we know we should feel or how we, what we know we should believe and, and what we experience in this world, that's when we need to hold on to the promises of God with a firm grasp so that we can we have something, an anchor to hold us steady in the midst of a storm. And by God's, through God's promises and through the, the, the ministry of His Holy Spirit, we're able to hold on to those important truths. And so I just want to remind you of a few of them today that are so important for us. We need to, we need to know the promises of God so that we can trust them when we're struggling that we can hold on to them and stand firm on them when we are filled with doubts and fear and questions. And so we need to remember promises like Matthew 28, 20, where Jesus says, I will be with you to the very end of the age. God promises to never leave or abandon His people. And Jesus promises that and He fulfills that by giving us His Holy Spirit, the very presence of God living with us. So if you are feeling alone, know the promise of God that He is always going to be with you. 1 John 1 9 reminds us that if we are, that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God promises to forgive when we confess our sins to Him, and He is faithful to that promise. Romans 8.39 reminds us that, that we will never be separated from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That no matter what you go through, no matter what you experience in this world, that, that you will never be separated from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a promise to hold on to. 2 Corinthians 5.17, that you are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17. And the last one to share with you today, Matthew 6:33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Matthew 6:33. God promises to provide for our needs if we just learn to put him first in our lives. So we need, we need to know these promises. We need to understand them so that we can put them into practice. We can live them out. We can stand on them even during hard times and choose to believe them, choose to put our trust in them even when it's difficult. So we need to know God's promises, but we also need to understand God's patience. Peter reminds us here that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. He's reminding us that God doesn't operate on our time schedule, that God is eternal, that past, present, and future are all the same to Him, that He is fully present at all points in time, at all points in history, which means that nothing's going to ever catch by God by surprise, right? And it also means that God is present, fully present with us every moment of every day. And so God's patience, God is patient with us, right? We are impatient people. Uh, we've been doing a lot of Christmas shopping on Prime, I'm, uh, Amazon Prime. I'm sure some, many of you have as well. 
right? And so when we order stuff off of Amazon Prime, right, we expect it to be sitting by our back door two days later. That's the way it works, you know, and that's really changed the way of thinking. When we purchase something from a different store and we have to wait five to seven business days for something to show up, we can't believe how long that's going to take, right? We've, we've uh, trained ourselves to be impatient people in so many ways, but God is patient. He operates on his time schedule, not ours. And the reason that God is patient is because his patience means salvation. His patience is an opportunity for people to repent and turn to him. Scripture is very clear that God does not delight in the death of the wicked. God does not desire people to die apart from him. And so he is patient in fulfilling his promise to give us the opportunity to repent and turn to him. God is eternal and faithful and merciful. And in doing so, God pursues lost sinners like you and me. You see, God does not leave us in our sin. That's what Advent is about, right? It's about how God sent His Son Jesus to rescue us from our sin. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God could have just abandoned them, could have left them in their sin. But he didn't. God pursued Adam and Eve. He went to Adam and Eve, gave them an opportunity to confess. And even in his judgment, he covered over their sin and their shame by sacrificing an animal to make clothing for them. See, God does the same for us in Christ. God could have left us in our sin when we rejected him, but he didn't. He sent Jesus to rescue us. And he gives us the opportunity to confess. And even in his judgment against sin, God gives us an opportunity to be forgiven through Christ. Because Jesus laid down his life for us in order to cover our sin and shame. God is faithful and he is patient, which leads to our salvation. We need to live also like we trust in God's promises and patience. Right? As I said earlier, knowledge of the day of the Lord, knowledge of Christ's returns mean we should live holy and godly lives now. We're called to live as citizens of Christ's kingdom, to put our faith into practice. We pray every time we say the Lord's Prayer, we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What we're praying for is for God's kingdom to come now. And we have an opportunity to participate in that by living as if his kingdom is here now living according to His character, His will, by putting into practice those things we know to be true. We're called to obey the Word, to live differently than the rest. We're called to live as if His promises are true. We need to know His promises, understand His patience, and then live them out in our own lives. Earlier in Second Peter chapter 1, he says that, he, that God will provide all that we need for godly living. See, Christ supplies that for us through the presence of His Holy Spirit. He makes us a new creation, as I reminded you of already. And we are given that in Christ. What He asks us to do is then to begin to live it out. We, the moment we are saved, the moment we have put our trust in Christ, we are made new, and then we spend a lifetime learning to live that out in our lives. So we trust in God's promises. We live 
we live like we trust in God's promises and his patience. And finally, we need to wait for God's promises and patience to be fulfilled. It's hard to wait. It is so hard to wait, especially when we see that disconnect between the current state of this world and how we know it ought to be. But we need to learn to live in the midst of that. But when we wait, when we think about hope, right, that is not, uh, it's not a passive waiting, but hope in, in waiting in the Lord is an active participation in what God is doing in the world. And so even as we long for Christ's coming and wait for his return, even as we see the disconnect here and now, we pursue it as best as we can. And so we try not to be satisfied or distracted by this world that we live in. We want to look forward to Christ's kingdom like a kid looks forward to Christmas morning. Right? Think about how excited children are to wake up on Christmas morning, to open those presents, to, to run down in the living room and see everything that's there. We should be looking forward to Christ's second return with that same sort of anticipation, that same sort of longing. Because the, the gift that we have been given in Christ is greater than anything that we find under the Christmas tree on Sunday morning. And we are called to look forward to that and, and wait expectantly, wait with hope and be found faithful when he returns. And in closing, I just want to encourage you also to think what this means for others. We've been given such a great gift. We have so much to be hopeful about. But don't keep it to yourself, right? Don't hold it in. We as Christians should be the most hopeful and joyous and loving and kind people because we know that Christ is Lord. We know all that he's done for us and we should be bold in sharing that with other people through both our words and our actions. And so we need to be bold. We need to, we need to share the gospel with others so that they too can experience that same hope that we have. That is the greatest gift that you can give during this Christmas season. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word and all that it means for us. We thank you for the hope that we have been given in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And as we turn our attention to the table this morning, we, are, we, we have been given the opportunity uh, in, a, in a very real uh, way to experience that hope anew. By taking the bread and taking the cup, we are reminded and we experience God's grace because we are reminded of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. So, Father, as we come to the table this morning, I pray that you would help us to see our need for you. Help us to see where we have fallen short because we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And Lord God, we, we ask that you forgive our sins as we were reminded earlier in 1 John 1, 9 that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And so, Lord God, we put our hope in that promise. We put our hope in you, our Savior and our Redeemer. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. For as Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 11, I've received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and having given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So all you who have received Jesus as your Lord and Messiah, we invite you to take this sacrament to your comfort. As always, we invite you to come forward to the altar, but if you are unable to come forward this morning for any reason, there will be a pair of elders to serve you in the pews. We invite you to come forward at this time. the voice of love that's calling there's a chair that waits for you and a friend who understands everything you're going through You keep standing at a distance In the shadows of your shame But there's a light of hope that's shining Won't you come and take your place And bring it all to the table Nothing he ain't seen before For all your sin, all your sorrow and your sadness There's a Savior and he calls Bring it all to the table He can see the weight you carry And the fears that hold your heart But through the cross you've been forgiven You're accepted as you are So bring it all to the table It's nothing he ain't seen before for all your trials, all your worries and your burdens, there's a Savior and He calls, bring it all to the table. So bring it all. You can bring it all.
It's nothing he ain't seen before. For all your sin, all your sorrow and your sadness, there's a Savior and he calls. Bring it all to the table. This is the body of Christ broken for you. Feed on him in your heart by faith with thanksgiving. And his blood which was shed for you that your sins would be forgiven. Take and drink knowing that he died for you. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to come to your table today. We thank you for what this meal reminds us of and that you meet us here at this table. Sinners though we are, you love us, you save us, and you redeem us for yourself. We thank you, Lord God, for that hope and that promise. May we live into it by the power of your Holy Spirit. May we live according to your word. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and close. If you're able, I invite you to stand as we sing our closing song, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus.
you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. You may go in peace.